Hello and welcome to the Vents End podcast. Um, it will be fun sort of uh, reviewing the game at the weekend because there wasn't one. Uh, but still, we've got more people than, than the last few pods. Uh, so we've got Fraser. Hello, Fraser. Hello. And Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello. And then blast from the past, we have Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello. Hello. Uh, and we would like to reiterate, it's not Paul who phones in Radio Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different pool um before i go into the actual pod um just a reminder to everyone because i've got to do this on the last like two or three pods but if you do like our pod um like subscribe um retweet tell your friends about us do all of that stuff if you don't like our pod you don't have to follow us on twitter that's fine sort of naming no names but some people seem to follow us on Twitter and not like us, which seems a waste of their time. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so two o'clock on Saturday. Um, were we all sort of looking at Twitter, waiting for team lineups? What was the... I, I don't know. It was just all a bit strange, wasn't it? Um, were we all ready to watch the game? I tuned in at about... 10 past and on the screen it said the game's been postponed and then it was it went the screen went back to normal and then there was all the talk about well it might be off but it might not be and it was just it was just mad yeah a really odd kind of um just an odd situation um and as soon as they said the COVID thing, I think you could. Oh, don't, don't! That, <laughs> you deserve money in the jar for that. Like pound in the jar. <laughs> um, there was just so much kind of, so many conflicting stories, weren't there, about what actually happened and who, who was where, who turned up where, who, who, who came into contact with who, and uh, should we have like a? Can you run through the full account as we know it, Liam? Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Against Newcastle, one of their players um, felt ill. So, Mental, wasn't it? Yeah, or Whittle, so it's something like that. I began with W. I, I remember that. Wasn't me. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fact man, but I'm going <laughs> to muddle my way through it. Do you work for Boris Johnson? <laughs> satire, satire. <laughs> yeah, 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 satire. I like it. Um <laughs> So anyway, he got off. He he tested positive, so he self-isolated. Didn't train with them, didn't travel with them, anything like that. One of the other players, whose surname begins with B, I was expecting Paul to chip in with the correct name there, but Beckles. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just an open floor. That's what we like. I'm just not. I'm not <laughs> going to say everything. We'll leave. It's a bit of a discussion. Um, he has a young child. And and so although they didn't show any symptoms, he wanted to err on the side of caution and got his own test. Meanwhile, so he went and got the test, carried on training with them, got on the coach on the Friday to I come don't think down he told to crew that he'd taken a test. Well, that's that's something that hasn't been confirmed, isn't it? That's one of those things that that's like. Crew should have known, or it, it re, this will be when we go and review this whole thing. Um, so anyway, he travelled down on the Friday with them, ate with them, went and slept in a separate room, as if that's 
any any consolation at all after sitting in a tube with them for three hours. Um, then got um, got the result sort of whilst they're all having breakfast on the Saturday morning, at which point I have on fairly good authority. He told them and then self-isolated. He did not then go to the ground with the rest of the squad. But the damage had been done the day before when he sat in the coach with them and came all the way down because therefore they didn't know who could have caught it in that time. Anyway, the rest of the squad all went to the stadium and at 25 to 2, when they went to give in the team sheets, their manager fairly flippantly said to Carl Robinson, oh, you'll never guess what's happened. <laughs> I sort of relayed this story, and I should imagine Robinson's response was, "Ah, say, ah, say that again. Just what? That? Hey, hey. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the rest, as they say, is history. Now there are many things wrong with it. Um, and in the meantime, so in the I follow interview this week. Uh, with James Henry, Chris Williams says, right, let me just clear up a rumour that I've seen. No crew players were in our dressing room, were they? And James Henry was like, no, I don't know why that's been said. It was Carl Robinson said it on Radio <laughs> Oxford. And when he was asked about it, he said, I just, I'm, I'm not going to go into reasons why. Which makes me think maybe we're signing one of them. But I, I honestly <laughs> have no idea. Because well, there are tactics on the walls. It, it just doesn't make sense to, to have that crossover. what he was saying was they went into our dressing room as in the club stadium's dressing room. Yeah. 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 Oh, maybe. Um, but I don't know. It all seemed... It, it certainly led to that rumour that they'd just been having a big old party and sharing drinks and, like, giving each but, other big hugs and all of that stuff. I mean, um, I mean go, going right back to the start of your wonderful account, Liam, right? Not not I the mean, wonderful events, but the way you did it. It took <laughs> a while, didn't it? <laughs> but going right back to the start of that, when the guy, when they played Newcastle, when the, that guy tested positive, right, the original yeah. guy, uh, is everyone that he's around not supposed to then isolate? Is that not the rule? Or do they well, all I, then I have I to believe, get tested? I believe that's the law, right. but not the so, rules of the EFL. So, so crew. So when he tested positive, crew mm-hmm. Alexandra, the, the squad, should then have all been tested, shouldn't they? Because they're around him. Yeah, our club would have. Right. Okay. And they um, and and crew didn't do that, did they? They didn't. There no. was talk right amongst some of their fans that they asked the EFL, "What should we do?" And the EFL said, "Oh, well, there's a five day." Like period where you could, like until you show symptoms, so don't get tested till Monday. Which to me, if that's true, is well. The the problem is with with the crew fans, as I've seen them, they're like obviously every set of fans have their idiots, but the he didn't even travel. It's not our fault. This is ridiculous. And then the manager comes on the radio and goes. Yeah, he did. He did travel. <laughs> yeah. At which point, loads of them just vanish off Twitter, and and yeah, haven't haven't been sort of tweeting since. Um, they have, yeah, I, I don't know. They've just got this. Oh well, we're still testing twice a week. Everyone has to. 
No, they don't. Not in the EFL. And that is what this whole problem is about. Make it mandatory. Sorry, sorry, who, who said the twice a week thing? Who, who said that? It's several crew fans on Twitter that I've seen have said oh, that okay, everyone right. was waiting for results from their Thursday test because they get tested twice a week. They don't. And evidently, right. they don't really care. If they know that someone is positive and they've all been sharing like facilities and they're still turning up to play the game, they are not taking the rule seriously at all. Do you know, I'm going to put my hands up here, and I've complete... I've Until this all happened at the weekend, and the, the things we're getting talked about, I completely missed something that, that so far this season. And I know I should have known, because a thing came out that Carl Robinson said a few weeks ago, but I, I thought that all of the squad was still being tested. I didn't realise this wasn't a thing. <laughs> And because obviously he did that thing, didn't he, where he said, Carl, um, why are we less important than Premier League players? Um, One of the problems is it's uh, I got this on fairly good authority as well. It works out at twelve hundred pounds per month per person being tested twice a week. Um, And if you if you look and go, okay, well, let's just have an 18 man squad. Even if you were to do that, you would still have all the physios, all the coaching staff, and sort of management, all of that. You would have Chris Williams, you'd have Kath, you'd have Martin, um, you'd have uh, the the board that turn up to see the games. You'd have all of those being tested in the same way. And the, and the thing is, whilst it's not mandatory, that's a lot of money for a lot of clubs. And we are lucky to have the board able to go, you want two tests this week because of the crew stuff? Yeah, have it. But lots of clubs, we've already lost one. I know Macclesfield were a few leagues down, but that will just keep happening unless yeah. it becomes a like, OK, you've got to get it done. Find a way to get it done. And can I say at this point, the players play, paying for their own isn't the way to sort that. Yeah. This is just this is just not going to work. But from what I understand, the Premier League, they're, all of those players are getting three tests a week. And and so the league's how, paying for that. They, I I think it might be. I'm not 100 percent on that. Right. But if you if you think of it that way, if they had one test a week, then that's two leagues tests pretty much that you could do. Mm. You know, why why what makes them so special? They're all professional footballers. Yeah, and this is the problem. To be honest, it should have been highlighted. It should have been come obvious. When Leighton Orient tested positive and played Tottenham and they were kicked out of the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Something should have been in place then. Well, it should have been in place before we restarted this season. Why would you restart in this situation without planning for this, without making testing mandatory? Can the law be that more than six of us can't be in a house or whatever or in one place, but 25 of us in a professional football team can all train a few times a week and play a game against another lot of of 25 or however many and, and you don't play. know what they're doing to keep no. themselves safe that's the big thing if everyone's doing the same exactly the same thing yeah. and if everyone's being sensible enough to do the tests regularly it should work but if yeah. with even if you just have one team not doing the test regularly that's it. The whole the whole plan goes to pot. You, you, it's like anything. Your your weakest, you know, you, you, the whole strength of something is is based on the weakest link. And if that weakest link is the football club's not taking things seriously, and I tweeted this out 
after after this had all kicked off, you only had to look at how Barry Fry, who's an owner of a football club, his his suggestions for how to allocate the points at the end of last season when it was when the season was cancelled and games were cancelled. You only had to look at his suggestion to realise that football club owners aren't the sort of people you want making decisions, complex decisions on anything. And and crews, the way that crew reacted to this and how they handled everything makes you realise that that football clubs shouldn't be, we're doing things properly, but football clubs shouldn't be allowed to, to, to lead how this is going to be done. This should come from the top. This should come from the FA and the EFL to say, right, these are what these are the things you should be doing if this happens you do not travel if you have a player you know if players are taking their own private tests well you should have a a situation where they can tell you that because it was clear apparently that Cruz player didn't tell them until quite late on that he'd had this private test whereas you know from what we've heard and certainly Carl's interview with Radio Oxford and Neil McWilliams' interview with Radio Oxford, I thought was superb. They said all the right things because they're doing all the right things. And allowing football clubs to to kind of essentially do what they want in terms of testing and procedures, is completely ridiculous because mm-hmm. they they will kind of do what benefits them. You know, if, if, if it's going to cost them money, they won't do it. If, if oh, well, well, we'll travel, we'll try and play the game. You know, and and it was like when they eventually said, crew said, well, we won't play the game. It was almost like they were doing us a favour. That was kind of how it was worded. In well, the, and he even was, said it on yeah. the radio, didn't he? Yeah. I, I could yeah, have just exactly. stayed quiet. Yeah. I think it, it's part of a wider ignorance. There seems to be an ignorance that young people are OK mm. and they are less likely to get seriously ill from it. But they're not 100 percent less likely. They could still die from it. They could still get it. Long COVID. I mean, mm. not that can affect anyone. Like, this is not something that young people are safe from. There well, seems and not to be just an that. arrogance in the wider community that younger people are okay. And they are spreading it. And they are more, you know, the chances of them being okay are better. But it's they're not immune from it. But and it's not just anyone that, is it? who gets it can pass it on to anyone that they come in contact with. So it, the the lackluster like, methods of these people, they affect everybody that they come into contact with and everyone they come into contact with. So all of the families of our players, all of our staff, any, you know, the hotel, the coach drivers, whatever, anyone that they come into contact with one person's arrogance affects hundreds of people mm. and people well, seem to miss this the, what i was what i was going to say sort of tallies up with what you're saying it's not just about the young people and the fact they can pass it on it's who they're passing it on to for example i don't know about simon or fraser but paul you live with someone who's in the vulnerable category yeah. so all it needs is someone to come in contact with you and see that you're a young person who's in good shape and think you're probably fine but in order to you know like even if you're you go for runs quite often if you get it out on a run which is extremely unlikely but you know you might stop afterwards and sit on a bench or you know go for a drink or whatever and if you do that and take it home then that is just one they are one person away from that vulnerable person and there are definitely footballers who 
do come in contact with vulnerable people hmm. and vulnerable people who don't somebody, even know they are yeah somebody said I, I saw somebody saying well it's you know it's it's not the it's not the under 50s that are getting it they're fine and i'm thinking well i'm just over 50 i don't want it you know it, yeah it, there's you're right especially and the long covid thing we don't know enough about the the disease to be able to say oh well this group are fine and that group aren't like you say mm. paul that we're, we're everybody's at risk in some way or another whether that's directly or through a loved one um and going back to to what carl robinson said in the way that the club handled a similar sort of issue with players not feeling very well in the lead up to the accrington game they immediately stopped training you know the, the players that reported and, and said don't feel very well right stay away from training they you know they were up front spoke to the club stayed away from training they traveled independently to accrington until they had the results of the of, of the virus tests and all of their family were tested as well yeah so so it was it was you know we did absolutely everything we could to to um to make everyone as safe as possible and and restrict any chance of if they were positive of it spreading but if 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 you're leaving it up to football clubs to make their own decisions on stuff and they're you know if they're strapped for cash well like everybody in the football league is pretty much they're going to do things not necessarily the right way they're going to do things that that suit them and that's not how it should be run it shouldn't be left up to the football clubs to do it no and we won't we won't solely stay on on this because obviously (laughs) the situation is what it is um Mm. and what crew did was a, a sort of complete mess about it um but our club have handled it really well and i think have come across really well um in doing what they're doing so everyone's been tested everyone was negative from the oxford united point of view crew said as soon as their tests arrive they'll all get tested and they'll let people know the results they still haven't put those results out all they have done is um tweeted and retweeted um petitions to let fans back into stadiums Mm. i I mean talk about missing the point it's it's fairly unreal isn't it (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to say because I want to go back to the football. I definitely do, but it, like it's safety first, surely. Mm. And if, if it means right, well, let's scrap this season. Then let's scrap this season. Well, there's there's um, pictures of Artel on the pitch speaking to the referee and Carl Robertson and so on, and he's not wearing his mask correctly. Now, no, in some of them, and so on, in some of them, Robinson is isn't wearing Robinson a mask at all, but. If I'm, I'm, I would say Carl Robertson's wrong for not wearing a mask. You, you're in contact with somebody who is, yeah. Even if you're outside, he should be wearing a mask. But that wearing one incorrectly just shows the ignorance over it. Well, I think the biggest thing was his. I could have just played it and potentially weakened Oxford. So aren't I a good guy for? <laughs> I think well, that was the the, the mind-numbing point, out. isn't it? Based on the state of the toilets in the South Stand Up, I don't think the virus has got us a chance in hell. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I I don't know about that. There was there was there were so many rumours surrounding it all, um, and one of them was perhaps there is the if you don't turn up to the game, you have to forfeit it. So it was a like, let's keep quiet until we're there 
type thing. But honestly, I just thought they thought they could play it. I, I don't think there was that. Well, there was also thinking. that. There was also them saying that when they turned up, Oxford already knew about it. Well, yeah, and then and then the response to that was, did they know about it? Yeah, through the grapevine. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, yeah, so we're meant to believe rumours, are we? Brilliant. <laughs> you, you'd um, have thought that you'd have the decency to phone ahead and say, this is the situation. On you know, the testing I mean, finances, if you're testing uh, players twice a week, as I said, it's 1200 a month per player. If you work that out across just the players... Um, each month, um, it's 1,200. So if you just do the 22 players, if you take that down to weekly, it's 6,600-ish. That is two or three good signings, even with a wage cap. Obviously, the the 22 doesn't add up then. But as long as it's not mandatory, people will try to find that oh, well, we don't have to do that, but we do need a left winger, for example. I know we're not doing that, but that's something we need at the moment. Yeah. Think of the player we could get for 6,600 a week. And, and I mean, this this only adds to the um, the point we've, we've made on, on the last few pods now. <clears throat> um, money is going to have to come from somewhere. Now, I'm sorry to keep repeating this, but it simply has to, or our... Or oh, the EFL is going to die, right? That's the long and short of the situation that we are in. Money has to come from the Premier League or the EFL or the government or somewhere. It has to come from somewhere. The clubs Can we can't get it fund from it. Gareth Barry. <laughs> the point the point you made, Liam, about the letting fans in, to be fair, I think a big part of that is picking inconsistencies in government policy, um, which there are mass amounts of. I work in theatre, mate. I, mean, I, I am well, well aware well, of them. Big time, big time. I mean, <laughs> but you know, Boris Johnson this week saying, I urge people to go back to the cinema. Well, hang on a minute. You're going to urge that, but you, you, you're firmly on the point that people can't sit in open air stadiums. Yeah. Stadia. I'm just going to jump in quickly there, Fraser. I'm not going to stop you from, from the general point. I saw today that I think it's Spurs are showing um, their game, one of their games live. It might be a European game. They're showing it live, so you can go to a cinema and watch their game live, like they, you know, an away game or something like that. So, so you can watch a Spurs game live in a cinema, indoors, but you can't watch it outdoors. Which some, <laughs> it's just some mad, I can it? understand. Yeah. Some theatres I've been to, some football stadiums I've been to, like South End, or even Portsmouth, big stadium, but. Getting into that, there's no way to do it unless you really like space out how people you've got an allotted arrival time. It is possible to do it, but the getting in and out is is difficult sometimes. The Kassam, I think, would be such a straightforward thing to do. And then at the end of the game, open the big gates, get people down to the front. There aren't big barriers for people to get over. There are gates all along the front. You can walk out the fence end pretty much. Mm. I, I think that we've got one of the best stadiums for it. And and it's yeah. other than parking, the Kassam Stadium is good for nothing else. <laughs> but this this whole thing it it, it it's it, it's the the long and short of it is there needs to be a cash injection from somewhere. And this actually <clears throat> this is part of a bigger point. It goes bigger than it goes bigger than Oxford, bigger than football, bigger than sport. Is there anything bigger? It goes big it's bigger than all of those three. In in the whole COVID crisis 
that a, a balance has to be struck between keeping the vulnerable safe and allowing the economy to tick over. But the <sighs> the issue I have with the early idea of opening up Stadia is um, you've got a, a thousand people would cost more to the club in staffing it than having an empty stadium. Well, you've got another Especially factor as well. If if you've got teams like Crew arranging it, <laughs> do you really trust <laughs> yeah. that? Well, yeah, yeah or, or Lincoln with their no running water. Yeah. And, of course, the first people that would be allowed back into the stadium are going to be the season ticket holders who've already given their money over. Yeah. So you're right. You're absolutely what you just said, Liam. It's going to cost um, clubs to 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 uh, to host games because it's the, the season ticket holders are going to get in, but it's going to cost to get them in. So it, it's a very, yeah, very, very difficult situation. But I think if... As Fraser said, we need to look at getting the economy ticking over and, and improving. It, it, it's the it's the inconsistencies that annoy football fans and and other other industries. When, like you say, you've got the government saying, you know, everybody go back to the pub, everybody eat out to help out, everybody go back to the cinema, and and you kind of say, well, can we go and watch our football club at a social distance and reduced capacity outdoors? And we all know how bloody windy and cold it is in the Kassam. It's not exactly yeah. a, a, a sort of a, th- a thriving environment for any viruses. It will it will clean you through straight away. And it's like, no, you can't do that. And why? Why not? No, I think that the, the is... biggest I've seen is the, the picture of an empty theatre auditorium next to a packed flight with people sat with masks on, but you're allowed to sit crammed into a metal tube for several hours but you're not allowed to sit in a a very big room distanced with good air circulation and most theatres do have good air circulation because they can't afford air conditioning so it's all air from the outside um it was inevitable we spent a lot of time on this subject because of what (laughs) happened at the weekend um well we weren't going to talk about the football (laughs) um Uh, yeah. So anyway, hi Tim. Before I before I carry <laughs> Although, on, hi, we Tim. could hi, say Tim. <laughs> well done to the the ladies team who had an amazing result. Good, they did. There was a screamer as well. Absolutely and brilliant. I'm sure job. Tim will forgive you for not giving him a shout out <laughs> because it was it was a a really good goal. But also, um, you can go and see that game. You can therefore give money to the club. It's a nice open area that you can therefore distance in. And from what I understand, everyone sort of sticks to the rules and um, got to see a good Oxford win. So that was good. Um, uh, Before we go on to the Gillingham game, uh, I wanted to say on the last pod, and unfortunately, because we didn't play at the weekend, I'm able just to call back to that. John Coleman's interview... (laughs) Uh, well, I've I've watched a few of them, partly because, A, I didn't realise how much of a bad loser he is. It's horrendous. Um, but, B, I, he, uh, I, I wanted to see it because the red card wasn't overturned, and I found that funny. Um, but he talks about, um, he's really annoyed because Matty Taylor scored two, and he wasn't really in the game before that. Why are you annoyed about that? That is literally what he does. You you can't give him a chance because he will take it. Well, you gave him two and he took them. 
yeah. I just that, I don't know why. Don't you just have so much more respect for people who just every so often hold their hands up and say, "Do you know what? We deservedly lost. That's the game. Let's move on to next week." What's wrong with I saying think that's that? Partly why people like Matt. Well, we he were, was yeah. very matter of fact, wasn't he? Yeah. We used to like him. Not now he's gone all direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's won four games. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's played four games. They're like, ah, oh, these are uneven. Um, right, okay. Gillingham. <laughs> Talking about vocal managers. <laughs> Gillingham. Um, Alex McDonald plays there now. I know that. They've made a load of signings. Um, Didn't, hasn't I mean, just about every signing they made come with the comment of, well, we've beaten off some great competition there. There were championship clubs and everybody wanted this player, but we've got him. That seems to be... A lot of people are commenting on on the Steve Evans comment that every player they they've signed has been wanted. Copy by. and paste job. Yeah. yeah. Simon Hathaway, I mean, are you suggesting that Steve Evans might be an egotistical maniac? Well, <laughs> I hope you're not. <laughs> not completely get, honest. Convicted fraudster, Steve Evans. So. <laughs> I'd like to think that he will take COVID more serious than Crew have. Is that because he's a sign of you? <laughs> In the same um, way that the comments were about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. So uh, they drew at the weekend to Shrewsbury. Um, they've got seven points on the table, so they're, they're going all right. Uh, lost one, one, two, drawn one. Um, uh, I just, last time. Steve Evans scored an own goal by going into it, going, they score lucky goals. And, I mean, uh, that was the last time we played them at home. I think we... Did we draw to them later in the season? Um, no, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But he he certainly made a mistake in the first, first game we played against them last season uh, and just absolutely misjudged the mood. And it, it was... <laughs> it was hilarious. But... Um, I don't know. He's just one of those managers that he will get results when he shouldn't. Um, yeah, but then yeah. it's going to be so interesting to watch it with no fans and actually maybe hear some of the stuff he said. I mean, <laughs> they're going to be apologising all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I should imagine there'll be a few choice words, uh, and that's that's from both dugouts. Robinson's better than he used to uh, used to be, but I, I, I would Rob not want to be in, the fourth official. Even if he's swearing. It, it generally what Robinson shouts is tactical. Yeah. He's quite a tactical person, whereas other managers aren't necessarily there to shout, I'll close him down or, you know, get up or whatever. Be, you know, be quicker. Try, yeah, it's just things that aren't actually matter, you know, don't actually matter, whereas Carl Robinson will think, well, well he, he keeps cutting inside, so make sure you stay inside. Yeah, it, it's more in-depth. Imagine the fourth yeah. official getting that assignment today. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got a bit of a cough, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that now. <laughs> um, right, OK, so let's go. Oh, Jordan Graham is the other one that I would say is bound to score just because he oh, wasn't yeah. as effective last time. Um, last time he played for us. So... Right, let's go with Paul. You've not been here for ages, so you go for a, a prediction first. We're going to win 3-1. I was going to say 3-1. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet at all. <laughs> um, Fraser, what do you think? 
I I usually predict a win, but I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I don't like Priestfields. I don't like going there. It's uh, something about it. I know there's no fans, but like you said, something about Evans and just he's got our old players and nah. <laughs> it's just got <laughs> a lot about it. Just, just nah, I know, no. But, Have we got yeah. any of their old players? I have um, no idea. Did the CEO play for Gillingham briefly? Simon, what's your <laughs> what's your prediction? Oh, I'm gonna go for a three-two win. Okay. To us, I think. I was gonna say to who, but yes, yeah. Uh, uh, he did play for Gillingham on four. loan for four appearances. What? Uh, how quick are we on the Wikipedia <laughs> buttons? <laughs> what, what are his stats? Four, four uh, games, one goal. Yeah. A goal in four games from a set yeah. bloody hellfire. I know. I know. Maybe it was on penalties. <laughs> so he can think, hit him. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-2. He actually played for Stevenage a couple of times as well. Um, yeah, didn't he do some talent show thing at Stevenage that keeps getting oh, replayed yeah, on Twitter or something? Is that that? Yeah. Because Winnell's done a similar thing and then they've sort of done a who, who would win. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Right, so three of us are being positive, and Sorry. Captain Pessimism is uh, <laughs> is is not happy with that. Um, right, okay, are we going to get these signings? BBC Oxford Sport Twitter account tweeted a, a thing earlier saying that we're um, oh we're coming out as back into Marcus Brown, and I, do you know what? When they come out and say who they're after, it scares me. Yeah, I, I saw it. I just thought, oh, no, why have you done that? <laughs> that has never happened. And <laughs> now, now yeah. you've said. I mean, that being yeah. said, we did get Ricky Holmes. It took a long time. We did get Matt Taylor, Matty Taylor. It took a long time. But I just... Marcus Brown has played for Middlesbrough this season, hasn't he? I can't yeah. see them extending Marvin Johnson's contract... And thinking that Johnson's better than Brown. I think Brown's a better player now. But they tend, from what I've read, um, Middlesbrough don't really play with a great deal of width. So he's he's a very good player, but in a position that Middlesbrough aren't going to benefit from, if that makes sense. So he, he's, you know, it's a bit like us with trying to sign a big centre forward we don't play like that so is there any reason for playing you know pay, buying a, a, a somebody who's going to hold the ball up because that's not really how we play um, yeah so I think seems to be potentially why he might be yeah out. every so often though they might score with their face mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right okay if you think oh they've ignored the Bristol Rovers game it's because we have um, and <laughs> Uh, we're just going to move on and say we'll be back next week after the Gillingham game to talk about that and to um, set up all our excitement for the uh, for the for the next game, which I said last time and I can't remember now for the life of me. So that's back. Well, it might be crew, if we just actually. talk for long enough, then Simon well, will find following it. The game after Gillingham. It's against, yeah, if it's well, not the, crew. The greatest team in League One, isn't it? Uh, Do you know what I thought it was? And, and, I the, it was. and the lovely Barry Fry. Do you oh, know what? I just this Saturday, that. just gone, was the first time I've ever been like, come on! 
<laughs> about them and uh and they did it so i was and happy it, with that it is the saturday after that that lot it is oh yeah uh, after it's mk isn't it we've got two really oh, really okay. sort of yeah. the the close games um it's gonna but be anyway playing them if they've got a decent goalkeeper it is <laughs> and like at at home i've always got this they've never scored at the stadium um in my head that I, it terrifies me every single time. But yeah. anyway, can, we'll, can we say we'll... now that you know if we get one of those because you get one of those things every so often, Liam, don't you? Where someone contacts a Twitter account from another club and says, "Or oh, should we do like a combined preview thing?" Can yeah. we all agree now that we're going to ignore that if it comes in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from them? Not yeah, interested. Yeah, we <laughs> okay. might do it afterwards, but we'll see how the game goes first. Yeah, that's how we work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I mean, their version of a podcast is a bloke just stood in the street shouting. And town crier. Yeah. Yeah. I must say, it's been nice that I have been involved in a Staffordshire panto this year after the weekend that's just gone. It's meant to be yeah. doing panto up in Stoke, in case you didn't know. But, I mean, that was a complete, complete farce, wasn't it, at the weekend? Um, and equally weird set of fans down the A420. So, got them. <laughs> them coming up um yeah so we will talk about um definitely the uh Gillingham game and possibly the crew game possibly just go straight forward to Peterborough um yeah in the meantime uh thanks very much for listening and goodbye bye bye bye, bye.